0: talk some ball, 347-633-9365 is the number to call, so don't sit around, no time to stall, giving you football from wall to wall, and now we give you our two hosts, Emil and Chad with your breakfast toast. Alright, is this the part where we serve the toast? I guess it is, it's Friday, September 9th. And it is a Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud show. Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino here with you to talk football here for the next hour plus. Coming up on the show today, college football picks from the two of us. We'll talk about how we did or didn't do last week. The NFL is here, so we got NFL picks for you as well. We'll rant on why uh, why college football does some of the things that it does Colin Kaepernick. We'll talk about that and more. Also, we'll talk about high school football here in the state of Florida and a little Florida Gators talk. All that coming up on the show today. Amal, are you excited? Are you excited at all?
1: I am always excited. Although I have to admit, my interest this week in college football is waning. There's a new word for you: waning. W a i w a n i n g. Waning. Because I looked at the. You share on that spelling there. I'm positive. The best game in, this, in college football this week is in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, the rest of the schedule is wow. You know the word people well, like to use on the internet? Meh. M-E-H. Yeah,
0: Meh. You had to know uh, there was going to be some fall off somewhere. Uh, they give it and take it in the game of college football. We had one of the more amazing opening weeks last week, so... Look, you had to know all these big-time teams weren't going to follow up with another solid football game. There's nothing like getting a cupcake one week after getting a steak. So, uh, well, how just about the ones the who rate? got
1: the cupcake in week one? Can they get the steak in week two like we alternate? Because let me tell you something. I'm usually not a big conspiracy theory guy. I believe that usually people look for conspiracies where just the explanation is sheer incompetence, okay? The mm. Conspiracies usually don't exist, but it makes me wonder – that it's coincidental that the NFL starting on Sunday, and it's feeder league, even though they don't like when you say that, it's feeder league, college football, has a bunch of games that are completely friends and family. I mean, at least you guys, you're going to a game where you're playing Kentucky. At least it's a conference game. But, my God, some of these games on this schedule, you'd have to be a mom or dad. You know, I mean, it, is it is what it is. It might just
0: indeed be smart. I think for years, um, you know, I don't know that that much thought was – ...put into the college football schedule. But it only makes sense. The cupcake games are going to happen. They've been going on. You and I can complain about it. But the truth of the matter is that these cupcake games existed when you and I were in Pampers. Okay, so it's just a part of college football. They're outclassed matchups. Those things happen. The uh, beauty of what was done here was... If you're college football, you know you're not competing with the NFL on your opening week. Why not jam pack it with uh, the, the, you know, some marquee matchups? And then the next week, when the NFL and they, you know they're going to be taking a lot of the buzz with their season opening up, why not throw in uh, Cupcake Weekend, which is what we can call this thing. It is Cupcake weekend why not make it then i mean look at the point spreads you need only look at the point spreads to figure out what kind of week we've got well i'm going to go you know i'm going to go
1: a little bit out of order here just because I i have something else i want to talk about but i have a feeling our college section will be mainly our picks in a few games so you know i was looking down the board this morning just saying hey you know who are the better teams playing i mean i'm not gonna michigan they have central florida that might have been a good game like seven years ago um Let's see here. We have the Pitt-Penn State. That's exciting. We have Oklahoma at home coming off that tough one. Ohio State coming up in a few weeks, so if they bring in UL Monroe
2: mm-hmm. for mm-hmm.
1: a game. We have Oklahoma State bringing in uh, Central Michigan, and as Wisconsin entertains, Akron. Ohio mm-hmm. State and Tulsa, wow. Clemson and some guy named Troy showing up down there to play them. Uh, Let me pause I mean, <laughs> you there. Do you think we're going to get the
0: whole Michigan-Ohio State competition again like we got last week? Hey, you score 70, I score 77. You think we're going to get that? It's clear You may. It's you cool may
1: get that every time they play teams like this just because, I mean, let's face it, they need something to keep these kids from – if you're going to schedule games like this, you you got to do something if to keep your kids, when they're on that good of a team this year, from being bored. So I have a feeling you just may see these guys every week – Tossing up 60 and 70 points because they got nothing else to do.
0: Well, Michigan's going off at 12. Ohio State has the advantage of going off at 330. I mean, quite frankly, man, that might even affect what goes on from a betting perspective in the Ohio State game. You know, uh, if Michigan hangs 60 on somebody, well, Ohio State, well, then we got to put 70 up. I think the motivation is there, interesting uh, between those. I mean, two you know, the
1: other thing I want to talk about, you touched on it. I mean, it was going to be a bad game to begin with. Okay, we we got that. Okay, uh, I mean, Florida State was you know going to play uh, Charleston Southern or Southern Charleston. I don't even know what the hell the name of the team is. Uh, they're going to play them and beat the hell out of them anyway. Okay, now mm-hmm. they got 30 kids being suspended from Charleston. Okay,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: and they have a choice of this week or next week. And obviously, they're in a conference, so if you're if you're them, you're going to take this week most likely. Or your coach is going to say, hey take this week, because we're losing to Florida State whether you play or not. I don't want to lose you for a conference game. Mm. They're being suspended, allegedly, from what I've read, because when you're on scholarship, you get money for books. So, like good student-athletes, they went to the bookstore and bought their books. They had Mm. some extra money from from their stipend. People in the bookstore said, you might as well use it or else you're going to lose it, kind of like your vacation days in some companies. Right. So the kids went and they bought some extra pencils, some notebooks, maybe even an electronic thing like a calculator, I'm assuming. And that's an NCAA violation. So, they are going to get a fine and a one game suspension. Now, I don't have to do this, but I need to get it off my chest. I think anybody listening to the show knows where I'm going with this. We've got mm-hmm. a school in <coughs> North Carolina that gave out the answers to tests.
4: <laughs> mhm. <laughs>
0: I mean, Nothing wrong there at all. I mean, what do you think
1: about this? It's college football, meaning you go to college to play football. They gave the answers out. No. <laughs> On the test, we got kids hmm. being suspended for buying extra
0: supplies. <laughs> Pens and pencils. Man, listen. Let that be a message
4: I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean I'm not kidding. am I'm, I'm just losing Don't it here.
0: Them damn pens and pencils will get you screwed up every time, Tell telling you that right now. It's just ridiculous, oh, geez, man. This, this, some, every now and then, <laughs> Emil, you got to step back and look at it and just realize how preposterous some things are. And that's just oh. absolutely crazy, isn't it? Just absolutely crazy. What was supposed to happen there? Send the money back to the NCAA. These guys went willy-nilly on some notebooks, and uh, they're the worst things in the world. You suspected these guys, man. Well, let's, let's guys, even pretend man.
1: it was one thing better. Let's pretend they bought something in the store. Which What, what could it have been? $20? It was an electronic product? Whatever it is. I mean, how much is in these bookstores? I mean, what could they have bought? I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> they weren't getting a new iPad or whatever with, with the money. Listen, so, for
0: someone Ed, who played his, for, for someone who played college football at Long Beach State, which is not Charleston Southern, but we were obviously at the bottom of Division One A football, and you're looking at your schedule and you've got your conference opponents and you got the opponents that are viewed as somewhat equal to you, um, and yeah, you're happy for those games, but you're excited for these type games even though you're going to get the bejesus beat out of you this is the game you're looking forward to and because you bought a notebook some up a few BICs, and 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 some number 2 pencils for your scantrons you're going to miss the Florida State game that just that just cannot I think
1: the fallout on this is going to be huge well and you know well... I mean, take it one step further, right? Now there's some, you know, there's some 60-year-old bald guy in a suit, okay, at the NCAA offices, going to a, to an, uh, a a tug and rub out at the conference in Las Vegas, and on top of it, probably yeah. putting it on his expense report, okay? Sure, but let's not go there. But, you know. but he's he's fine. Oh, you know, John John expensed that. There was a there was some business being conducted.
0: Tell me something oh here, though, um, because you, you've read more into this than I have. Who handed down the suspension? Was it the school itself's compliance department, or was this the NCA? That's hard. I have to get say, I don't know.
1: I'm assuming compliance contact at the NCA. The NCA probably could have said, I'm guessing back to compliance, well, okay, tell them not to do it again because it's technically a violation. And then it seems to me that, that somehow, nice. you know, the NCAA, they're paying a fine. I mean, I read they're paying a fine. I don't know what the fine is. I don't know if it's a $100. I don't know what it is. They've got to pay money back, it sounds like. It's just the whole thing to me, unless there's something to this story. and Listen, I will add this, even though I'm cracking myself up here. There could be something I'm missing here, but I doubt it because cause I've been around long enough to understand the way the NCAA operates. 48 years on this earth, following college football, about 42 of them. I mean, you get old enough, you realize this is how these guys operate. I mean... We've got schools, like I said, giving out answers. We've got other schools allegedly giving out bags of cash. <clears throat> Ole Miss, <laughs> um, but hey Mo, I got mean, a problem I was just going to bring that up.
0: You're sitting these kids for this Florida State game because they bought pencils and notebooks, but we're still trying to figure out if Ole Miss did anything to abridge any NCAA laws. Uh, eh, what's wrong here? What? What yeah, the, we what's, can't figure this, that this out. Even though broken. the
1: tackle, who even though the tackle who currently plays in the NFL down your way said that he got money. I mean, I mean, he has pretty much. <laughs> he's still playing. It's not like it. he's not been out of football twenty years. Yes, and in,
0: in the middle of marijuana smoke,
1: uh, said that said he got committed money.
0: some infractions.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. But we've got. we to figure that kids. out now. We, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna look into that. We're gonna. We're gonna yeah, investigate I, 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 that. I
0: really do feel bad for these kids. If you're Charleston Southern, you need your entire roster. If you suspend thirty of them, what are you going there? What? I mean, they should have canceled the game. Well, I mean, what's the point Honestly, of playing this thing? At this there's point? A,
1: there's a chance of injury here. I love. I'm not going to kid you. Yeah, I love watching college football. I really do. But and I hate to sound cynical, but every year something like this happens, and it builds in me. It builds in me more and more that that there's a certain amount of anger I have toward the sport. Um, even though I like watching it, and that, that that may seem like an oxymoron, but I just watch the stuff that goes down. They're going to send these kids there. They were going to get a beat down to begin with. Now you're going to send them there with 20 or 30 less kids, depending on how they situate their roster. They may have some of the non-starters sit out next week. I don't know how they're going to do it, but regardless, you're going to go play a team like Florida State shorthanded. You, you think that's not dangerous? For these kids?
0: I don't even know how Florida State should approach this game. Um, obviously, these players are going to have a hard time um, getting their mind focused on this football game. And the Florida State kids is what I'm talking about. It wouldn't matter. They're going to win the game by a you know, pretty wide margin. But you know, what about them coming into this game unfocused against an opponent like this? Because this is ridiculous. It's just an, this is a ridiculous game to now play. It's ridiculous. There's just no other word well, to describe yeah. that. So.
1: like I've said to you, and, and this is a different show because we're in an opening here. We, we'll get, but I, I really believe at some point we're going to have to entertain that whole power conference we've talked about with 60 teams. At some point, these guys are going to have to get together and say, "Listen, there's about 60 or whatever number they want to settle on, 64 teams that are the powers of college football. Let's put them in one super conference, like you have in the in state high schools. You know, we have the biggest schools." let everybody else play in another one, and maybe let schools play what you would term uh, exhibition games, uh, one or two to start the year, rather than schedule. Because that's really what this amounts to. You're scheduling an exhibition game. Everybody wants a check. So give the team 500 grand to show up in late August and and scrimmage you like they do in the NFL. Seriously, because at this point in college football, I'm not sure what any of these teams get out of some of these games. Uh, You go down the schedule, I mean, I'm just not sure what what you get out of playing some of these schools. I mean, other than, you know, they get a check and you get some a workout, which in many cases isn't nearly as good as the one you get in practice uh, leading up to the game. Yeah, my man,
0: that's not going away. The other thing I wanted to touch on here in the opening is uh, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Not going away, Emil. He did this two weeks ago. We're still talking about it. Emil, at this point, um, you know, the feelings on this, range from all the way left to all the way right whether you agree with the protest or you don't agree with it one thing's clear to get the message out he did the right thing at this point whether you agree with it or not whether you agree with his stance on it or not we are two weeks into this thing and we're talking about it i've never uh aside from the super bowl seen an nfl games national anthem Um, presented and filmed in such a way as it was last night. The national anthem has become a really, really big deal. Who's standing, who's sitting, who's paying attention, who's not paying attention. And in the midst of all this, Colin Kaepernick, through his peaceful protest, um, Mm -hmm. has drawn attention to the issues of black and white in our country in a way I don't think, Emil, he would have been able to in any other way, at least that I could fathom, this simple protest that he made no, I mean it he accomplished he
1: accomplished what he was setting out to do, whether you agree with it or not. I mean he got attention, and that's you know if you're trying to raise uh, awareness of an issue, he did it, and he did it without. In, this, in uh, this
0: day and age, if you want if you want to have any kind of an atten- attention drawn to you personally or or you know a cause, you need only be controversial, which is exactly. What he did, you know, when uh, we've seen Kanye West do it at award shows. You don't agree with him hijacking someone else's moment, but he did it, and now you know people are talking about some prejudices in in the music industry. So that's just all you need to do in this day and age is be controversial. That's what he was uh, when he started kneeling and continued to kneel. So now we have a lot of But I will say this just, so you, this,
1: just so you know, where I mean, I think most people come down on this the people who are against. What he's saying, I honestly don't think they're against it because he's black. I think they're against it because they like their country. I mean, if he was a white dude sitting down during the national anthem, I think you'd still have people pissed off, like stand up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sure.
0: And then, you you know, you realize in this country there are many different people with many different backgrounds, uh, experiences. Yep. So no one's going to – we're just not going to agree on anything. The only thing we really can agree on is when we're attacked by a, a terrorist, uh, then we can all agree. That seems to be the only thing we agree on
1: in this, yeah, in this well, country you know, is when we are attacked. He, well, Chad, it's really been no different. The stuff that – where people are saying that this is new, it's not new, it's just that you know about it because now you have – information disseminated instantaneously as compared to even 20 years ago where you had to read a newspaper. It was 12, 8 hours behind, whatever. Everything's instantaneous. It's like it's no different than, you know, you'll have parents say, oh, it's so much more dangerous today. There's child molesters. There was child molesters 40 years ago. You just didn't know that he lived down the street from you. Now you type it into a, you know, you type it into your, your search engine. You can look them up in your neighborhood on the state police Reports. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah.
0: Uh, everything's more out in the open. We can debate as to whether things being uh, more out in the open um, and available for people to see produces more of the said behavior. But that's an entirely different show. We need to jump to a break, and then we need to talk – some college football here on the Great Iron Studs show. We're going to talk about this week's matchups. <laughs> that should be a short conversation.
2: We also need to give
0: you some predictions as to who we think are going to cover their massive point spreads this weekend uh, when college football takes to the field and what we will deem as Cupcake Weekend. We need to talk about that and more. Stick with us. We'll be right back right after this.
4: Wicked, wicked, wicked. Wicked tones, you know what? Uh, Metro yeah. want some more. Oh. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit greatironstuds.com
0: today. We got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile,
4: takes two minutes. Stop playing games, get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridEyesUns.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.
0: You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management, then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? no one's got time for that. MVP does though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844 844- 696-8722.
3: That's 844-MY-MVP-CC or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today.
4: The macho man Randy Savage is not a himpy. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference, yeah. I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. I am the cream! Yeah, let me say it, to yeah. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better! <sighs>
0: Hey, few people did it better than the Macho Man when it came to promos for the WWE. Man, I could listen to that crap all day. Man, he gets you fired up. Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Macho Man. Um, maybe I'm showing a little immature side of me, but love right. the promos from How the WWE. How about Chief J. Strongball?
1: How about Ivan? Putsky? Oh
0: man, the the list goes on. Those guys. Do you remember, do you remember did when Putsky promo.
1: used to wiggle used to wiggle his pecs? <laughs>
0: Him and Tony Atlas and a a bunch of those guys, just uh, amazing stuff there. Even, listen, even my buddy Dwayne Johnson, when he went to uh, the WWE, just turned into uh, a totally – I mean, he always had a sense of humor, but he just took it to a whole new level when he was uh, a member of the WWE. He, too, was classic in uh, his promotions of fights and uh, the different events that they had going on in the WWE. All right, let's uh, talk about college football Uh, A lot of great games not on tap this week (laughs) because we just got BS across the board. But nevertheless, uh, some of these things we need to talk about. Louisville and Syracuse going off tonight at 8 o'clock, 8 Uh, p.m.
2: What do you you think of It's funny
1: you're going to laugh, but I almost made this a pick. I was ready to take Syracuse in this game. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I... I, I I think, you know, Louisville's probably a little Too much giddy made out them. of
0: last week's game? Is that what you're going to tell me? Yeah, case?
1: they're a little giddy with that win over Charlotte. And, you know, frankly, Syracuse played a comparable opponent in Colgate. And, 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 really, they held Colgate, again, an opponent they should destroy. They held them to 143 yards of offense and seven points. And you're catching over two touchdowns at home. Uh, but, you know, it's hard for me to, at this state of affair the way – syracuse football is right now it's hard for me to pull a trigger but if i was playing this game i would take the 15
0: yeah i don't know this number seems kind of low um uh, new coach there in syracuse i just know i just uh, i don't know i don't know on that one but it'll be interesting to see what louisville really has and this would be somewhat of a better test for them uh taking on syracuse as opposed to uh, the basketball team that they played last week, UNC Charlotte, that right. they just allowed Lamar right. Jackson to go crazy. By the way, this would Kobe be a hell a of a basketball
1: game, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, well, you know, let's talk about an actual football game that uh, at least folks up your way. Uh, you're a Pennsylvania native that loves all West Coast, but the folks around in your area must be jacked up about this, seeing this come back into the fold. It's Penn State. It's Pittsburgh. I'm a little surprised here that Pittsburgh is more than a field goal favorite in this game. Are you?
1: Uh yeah, a little bit. Uh, I can tell you a couple things. This game I was talking to my neighbor, 30 plus year Penn State season ticket holder. People with connections that know people in the ticket office down there, they've been going down forever. Um cannot get tickets out to pit for this game. That's how tough of a ticket this g- this is to get. Supposedly it's sold out. He told me bad seats are going for 3, 400 dollars a ticket now. For those of you down south, this was an annual affair. Basically, until Penn State moved moved away into the Big Ten, and then about, I forget the last time they played, but it was probably more than ten years ago. They used to play every year. Um, they were both powerhouses back in the eighties, seventies, mm-hmm. and eighties. This was a big game. Yeah, so this is pretty uh, I mean, cool I mean, that they're I'm playing. I'm not
0: from Pennsylvania or anything like that, but this was a matchup that I'd pay attention to each year. just really, really meant something.
1: Yeah, it's a cool. I mean, it's cool that they're playing. I I, I don't have a pick on the game officially. Uh, the fact that the line has creeped over four points makes me think that something's up. I kind of like Pitt's team this year better than Penn State's. Penn State really struggled against Kent State at home last week. The score was 16-13 at halftime. Uh, they tossed up a couple scores in the fourth quarter. I think they ended up winning the game 33-13. But the, they struggled with with a MAC team on a home opener much more than you would expect. So um, Yeah, uh,
0: as you know in the opener uh, when we're doing the predictions, um i i'm higher on penn state than you are i'm lower on Pitt than you are so towards me um grabbing some points with penn state on this but nothing nothing official uh this line is just too low to be picked on cupcake weekend can't mess with that hey western kentucky's quarterback someone i'm familiar with just really rolled up the offense mike white is a former quarterback at university school where i coached for six years uh happy to see him go out Last week, and throw in his in his debut, Emil, at Western Kentucky, throw for 517 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Outstanding job by him. Uh, the game wasn't will be he a little at South this Florida, week.
1: by the way, Chad?
0: He was. He was at South yes. Florida, and uh, you know things didn't work out for him there, and uh, transferred. And apparently, it was a great thing. Left, you know, uh, South Florida's offense, which really wasn't suited for him. Um, and ended up at Western Kentucky, which clearly, Amel, uh, after this debut, more fits his skill set. Um, so he went out, got things done last week. He has a slightly tougher game this week as they take on Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So uh, the windows may be smaller, and the time to get the ball out might be just a tad bit shorter uh, when they take
1: on uh, the Crimson Tide. It might be, but let me caution here. I was I was ready to make a picture, but I didn't want to get laughed at. And Besides, it's one of those games where I think – it's going to be hairy to cover it. First of all, I wouldn't be all over Alabama. I know the natural inclination is going to be they just beat USC 52-6, and they're playing Western Kentucky. But here's the thing. They prepared all summer to play USC, and we, t- we used the word on the show, blue blood. That's a fellow blue blood program. You best believe they had Alabama's attention. It showed in the game. Now, next hmm. week, Alabama goes to Ole Miss beat them two years in a row, Ole miss. You don't think they have their attention. And in between they gotta play this Western Kentucky group. And I have to believe the coach at Western Kentucky, he knows he's not winning the game. He wouldn't admit that publicly. He wants to get out of this game without a lot of injuries, with with his dignity, with a roster that can win the conference. So he may shorten the game. They may throw more more sideways passes that keep the clock running. And you may just have Alabama win this game like 34-6 or something. So I wouldn't be all over Alabama in this game. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm not messing with it. You know, it is Western Kentucky. I don't know what they're doing uh, defensively. I don't know if they'll be able to stop uh Alabama, you know, rushing attack and things could get hairy. But I understand everything that you said there. It's a sandwich game. Uh, you had the big marquee matchup in the opening uh, week for Alabama, and then you got an Ole Miss revenge game coming up. In between there you got a Western Kentucky game that would be difficult to get up for, but I don't even know what to make of their their game last week against USC. It looks like it just, I don't know, took a weird turn there. It, it was it one of blowout. those
1: games that, you know, that happens in Super Bowls when we were younger. It hasn't happened recently, but you could get a very good team or decent team in the Super Bowl. Once that game, you know, once we said this in the USC game, once Brown threw the pick six, it felt like at halftime, USC kind of just, and I don't like that part of it, it felt like they didn't compete in the second half. I'm not trying to say they would have won the game, but it just felt like, I don't know, it just had a weird feeling. The punter drops, the snap, and he just falls on the ball. It's like, it's oh, here's seven more points. They had a blitz. I don't know, you were we were at your game. They blitzed hmm. two guys. They left the receiver uncovered. You're a DB coach. You would, have, you would have lost your mind. The corner and the safety on the same side blitzed. The
0: yeah, straight Alabama. down the sidelines. Yeah, straight yeah. down the sidelines. All by himself. I don't know. Chalk it up to... Uh, a lot of new parts there for
1: USC. I mean, even though well, Heldon anyway, the point the I'm head trying coach to say last this year, game you know is. What I mean. Yeah, they're going to try to run to the, the window in Vegas with Alabama. The line's open to 26.5. My guess is by game time, this will get close to 30. And it just, to me, is one of those games where you stay away from it because you don't know how the mentality of Alabama, nor do you know, if Western Kentucky, even with diminished interest by Alabama, has the ability to stop anything. So it's just not one of those games that you want to play. Yeah, yeah, and let's not talk about it too much longer. No. South
0: Carolina and Mississippi State, something weird here. South Carolina got the win on the road versus Vandy last week, Will Muschamp's debut as the Gamecocks coach. Mississippi State goes out, loses um, their opener to a, a less than stellar opponent. Uh, I believe Louisiana Tech was the winner uh, in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but uh, they did come up a one-point loser in the game. But Mississippi State is a seven-point favorite in this contest. Are you smelling fish around this thing, or uh, what's you know, what's your take on that?
1: Oh, I, I have a feeling, you know, listen, the coach at Mississippi State, he, he's been down there, okay? He's had that turn that program around. Um, you know, Dak Prescott leaves, he's breaking in a new quarterback, I think their hair is going to be on fire, and I saw a good chunk of that South Carolina opener at Vanderbilt, while I was impressed with the fact that they came back and and won the game on the road, they are offensively challenged, I have a feeling they might get smoked in this game.
0: Yeah, um, something about this line says take Mississippi State, I fully expected this to be around 3-3.5, and and here it is at 7, so... Uh, my antennas are up, not enough for me to, to make this any type of a, an official pick of any sorts. There is a uh, couple of local college football teams taking on each other down here. It's the University of Miami, fresh off of a 70-3 to three pounding of FAMU last week, battling the guys up the I-95 FAU. Miami's a 25-point favorite. I don't know how much you get um, in terms of what do you think Miami is this year, this season, off of that 70-3 win over FAMU of just not a very good program? I will say this: It's happy to go into games like a FAMU and and dominate it in the fashion and on the scoreboard in the way that Miami did, something that was kind of missing over the last few years here. A, you know, a game like this in the past with the past staff and regime would have been 38-7 and had people walking out of the stadium pissed off even though it's a 31-point victory.
1: Well, I know one thing. When Miami wins again this week, and hopefully big for them, and Florida State wins again big, then I will have all the people that follow you on Facebook and Twitter telling us how the SEC isn't the best conference. That's the only thing I know that will come out of this game.
0: Well, you know that, because there isn't anything that's going to go on in the SEC this week that would even give them the opportunity to say, all right, well, last week was a fluke or whatever. Yeah, Just nothing there to counteract that. It's a long season, though, but... Um, I don't make predictions on University of Miami football games, so
1: um, if you, I think they'll you, drill them. I mean, this is a this is a team that played Southern Illinois or somebody last week. Their, their opponent, uh, Florida Atlantic, and they beat them 38-30. Um, it seems like you know Rick will have his kids focused as he did last week. I expect them uh, to register another impressive blowout victory. Yeah,
0: 300 uh, three players rush for over 100 yards for the University of Miami last week. Good to see that physical part of it, and that may. Uh, really be what determines the outcome of this game in terms of uh, a point spread, which is again tw- 25 in favor of Miami uh, the quote unquote big game the prime timer on ESPN on Saturday is Virginia Tech and Tennessee, Tennessee had all kinds of problem with Appalachian State I will tell people this, I watched the game App State, better than what maybe people think, uh, good football team, I'm a little higher on Virginia Tech than some people are this year uh, I just think, you know what, 11.5 points is a lot in this game. Virginia Tech may be able to hang around. I could be wrong on that.
1: I got I got a pick on this game, so I'll just shut my pie hole and wait till <laughs> we get to that part. Well,
0: well enough. Let's try and slide through these cause, so we do get to the picks. Your school, USC, taking on Utah State. Um, we talked about it. USC got drilled. Um, do they have problems there at USC? Let's talk about a little bit of unrest there. Um, and some infighting going on. Does that spill over to this week? I have a pick on this game. I don't know if you have any thoughts on your school taking on Utah State. I, I've
1: got a pick on this game. Oh, boy, I can't wait to see what we come up with here. Oh, boy, we're going against yeah. each other. UCLA, uh,
0: another Pac-12 school expected to do things, took a loss last week at Texas A&M and a – Hotly contested a battle with the Aggies. They return home. They're taking on the gamblers out of UNLV. Um, is UCLA as advertised? As you said, I'm not big on UCLA this year. I have a pick on this game, so I will wait uh, until
1: we get I don't right have to a that. pick. All I do know is I watched that A&M game, and A&M tried to gift wrap that. That score was 24-9 early in the fourth. A&M had total control of the game, um, and, and I don't know what they did, but UCLA made a nice comeback and sent that in overtime, but I was not – impressed in week one with what i saw from ucla rosen made some really poor decisions in that game for a guy who's going to be a first round draft pick so yeah i want to hear Wait, what you have to say
0: no checking on things uh i i ditched the ucla pick and uh went with the Notre dame nevada game so i am
1: qualified who are you going this, who are you going with in this game i'm assuming i was going to go i was
0: going to go with ucla i was going to go with ucla on yeah. this one if they're going to at all stand up to anything that anyone has said about them this preseason. Um, they can't go out here and mess around with UNLV. I mean, UNLV has got to be feeling absolutely great about themselves. They won 63-13 last week. I don't know if their mindset is where it would need to be coming in against an angry UCLA team. Um, UCLA has to roll UNLV here or, they, or they're they going to have issues. There will be too much talk going on. So um, I would have rolled with uh, UCLA on this one. And uh, just say, the blowout is needed. It's in effect. One last game I want to talk about before we get into our picks, and I skipped over it. But it's uh, Lovey Smith taking on a North Carolina football team that fell short against Georgia. Uh, To be honest, listen, North Carolina should have won that game last week. They certainly had enough opportunities to do it. Um, Had a couple breakdowns and a couple penalties late in that game as I was able to watch the replay that, that, that cost them and they took a loss, can they battle back on the road and cover seven and a half against Illinois? What are your thoughts?
1: I think Notre Dame, North Carolina is going to drill Illinois in this game.
0: Yeah, I just don't see Illinois being ready um, for a game like this against an extremely motivated opponent that uh, has the talent. All right, let's get into some picks, but we need to talk about what we did last week. It was not good from uh, either one of us. Matter of fact, our guest callers outperformed us, but I'll talk about my picks. I went with Texas A&M over UCLA, minus three, um, I, and I, that was my lone winner on the day. I had to go to overtime to get that, but I just didn't think, you know, like as I've said already, I'm not as big on UCLA as some people are, and uh, yeah, Texas A&M had every opportunity to blow out. UCLA, UCLA out. They failed to do so, but they did come up with the win in overtime, so I'll take that uh, I had North Carolina over Georgia, and you know, halfway through this game, even into the third quarter, I was like, "All right, I was on the right side of this thing. It looks like North Carolina is going to win this thing comfortably." And then something happened there; they fell apart, and uh, I ended up um, taking a loss in this one. Is not only did you know Georgia got a late field goal to go up by two, and then went ahead and got another score. How about that? To just uh, see yeah. me on that one, so I took a loss on that one. Somewhat of a little bad beat. And then uh, I had Notre Dame in that Sunday night thriller uh, with their back and forth on Texas. Really thought Notre Dame would come out and, um, and not dominate because I knew Texas would be good, but I thought they could uh, win this game by a touchdown, maybe even a little bit more. No chance. All types of problems in the secondary for Notre Dame in this contest. And, you know, kudos to Texas and Charlie Strong getting the big win, uh, but it meant a loss for me. So I ended up 1-2 in this opening week of college football picks for the season.
1: Well I was one and two as well. I started with uh, Florida. I really thought they would play much better. I you know the rain was a factor but it rained for both teams. Uh, they won 24/7 against UMass. I expected them to really unveil a better offense in that first game. hopefully it comes this week. but I took a loss with Florida. They were giving 36 points. I got a win with Washington. They did what I expected them to do to Rutgers. They took them behind the shed. And did them pretty good. They covered twenty seven points rather easily. Uh so that was my my lone winner and then finally in the night game <laughs>
4: uh,
1: uh, I took USC plus eleven and a <laughs> half. I was a little bit short there. Uh, well, so, yeah,
0: just a tad bit, you know, you kinda like games like that though. You you know you know you know fairly early that uh, this is not gonna be a winner for me, let's not go to the end and get the bad news.
1: Yeah, no, I mean if you're gonna lose, that's the way to do it, right? In style.
0: Yeah, you definitely lost in style in that one. That's that
1: is for sure. All right, uh,
0: so one and two, one and two for you. Um, just to go over some things, um, Kenny, who has not called in today, uh, did put up a two and one day. He took Wisconsin over LSU. Um, he took Notre Dame over Texas. That was his uh, lone loser. He did like Georgia over North Carolina. Uh, so he picks up. Uh, a two and one day there, and I think we'll have less on later to talk about the picks that he made, and we'll save it for that. All right, uh, what are your picks for today? We'll go well, you know, we'll go back and forth. How about that?
1: Okay, I'll give one, you give one, like that kind of deal.
0: We'll we'll do it like that and sum it up at the end.
1: That is what back and forth means, right? Pretty much.
0: Uh, so get with the program here, will you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'll go first here. And maybe you, could, you can you can give this pick as well so we get it out of the way since I we're against each other or with each other on the same game. I don't know, but we're playing. We both have a pick, we said in the, the preamble here on the UFC. Yeah, yeah, we'll, save, we'll save,
0: that one, save that one for the last. How about we do Save it for last.
1: Okay, I can do that. Okay, my first pick then, uh, I'm going to roll with the, the, the Oregon Ducks. I'm not real high on Oregon this year. I'm not. And they struggled hmm. mightily playing Cal Poly in the opener beating them 58-41. Uh, de- they are allergic to defense at Oregon. But here's the thing of I it. Mean, Virginia is just a bad football team. I mean they they are just not a good football team. They should at this point stick to basketball and baseball which they seem to do very well at because uh football's not their thing. Uh I I yeah, think like it's going to take a little
0: two. time for uh Bronco Mendenhall to uh get things going there and he's going to have to realize He doesn't have the 24- and 25-year-olds on his roster to get things done quickly for him.
1: No, no. But last week they lost to a subdivision team. I mean, they lost to Richmond, uh, an in-state rival, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, They lost 37-20. And now they're going to take a trip across the country, and they're going to play Oregon, who won 53-28 against Cal Davis uh, in a game that, you know, they allowed almost 400 yards to a team like that. It wasn't impressive. I expect Oregon to go and really take Virginia behind the woodshed in this game. Roll up some impressive offensive numbers. Virginia doesn't really have an offense that that should should challenge the weak spot of Oregon, which is their defense. So, uh, this has that 63-27 type of feel to it. Um, I, I think Oregon wins big here.
0: You think Oregon's rolling up points like that, or is that you know that maybe that's the Oregon of old? You think?
1: They scored 53 last week, and and looking at the way Virginia played defense in that opener, uh, they gave up over 500 yards to Richmond. I'm thinking it doesn't matter if it's Oregon old or new. I think they can do it in this one. Yeah,
0: I am going to roll with Oklahoma in this one. When you're the Sooners and in this big slate of uh, big-time marquee matchups, that took place last week. They're one of the big losers by losing to a non-Power 5 team. Now, listen, Houston is proving themselves to be worthy of that, and they may be the next team that ends up in the very conference that has the Oklahoma Sooners. But for now, they're a non-Power 5 team, and uh, they went out and beat Oklahoma soundly uh, by double digits. I mean, Oklahoma added a late touchdown to kind of clean things up a little bit. But if you're the Oklahoma Sooners, if you're going to answer the bell, if you're going to make anything out of your... 2016 season, you can't mess around with Louisiana Monroe. I guarantee you this, Emil. Oklahoma staff and the players know what the line is for this game, and they will be on a mission to cover the uh, 47 points that are being asked to be covered in this game. Last week, Louisiana Monroe was a comfortable 38-21 winner over Southern. Not your top-of-the-line um, competition, but they did give up 239 yards. Rushing in this game, I think Oklahoma is going to get into being physical in this contest, and we already know they could throw the ball. Oklahoma has to come out, and absolutely, to use that term, paddywhack Louisiana Monroe or they're going to have serious, serious issues in Norman. So give me Oklahoma in all those points, 47 of them.
1: Yeah, I, I see that pick. I, I like where you're going there. Okay, so uh, you, you've, got, you've got Oklahoma there. Now it's my second pick. I have a feeling you're going to disagree with this pick based on your comments, but, you know, I really like Tennessee in this game. Um, They looked horrible in their opener. They had a a few extra days to get ready for this one. Appalachian State, like you said, is better than people think they are. Um, And at the end of the day, if you're Tennessee, your hair should be on fire in this game. And I think they'll iron out a lot of the problems they had in that opener. Uh, Virginia Tech I know you like them more than I do, but I just don't think there's a the Virginia Tech of old. Um, they played Liberty in their opener. That's not going to help them here. It just has a feeling of you know Tennessee gets their their sea legs, if you will, underneath them. And eleven and a half. Well, it's a big number. I mean. They don't necessarily need to dominate beginning to end to cover that and get a two-touchdown win. I think they'll do it easier than that, but I just I don't think 11 and a half is going to be enough for Virginia Tech in this game. So I'm going to roll with the Vols minus the 11 and a half.
0: No, not vehemently opposed to this uh, that pick that you have there. Uh, if my own line when I saw this game was Tennessee at the most eight. Uh, they come out at 11.5, and and you know me, I get suspicious when stuff like that happens. So um, I wouldn't be opposed to saying Tennessee would cover the number in this game. I think maybe too much will be made of the App State game and the struggles that Tennessee had in it, and uh, they could very well go out there and, and, you know, push uh, Virginia Tech's face in. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened. And, you know, boy, the SEC could use something like that, couldn't they not?
1: Sure and I think get they're going to get it.
0: Get people off their back.
1: <laughs> so
4: yeah,
3: so there you yeah.
0: have it. Uh, I wish I had a marquee matchup to jump on, but when it's cupcake weekend, man, I'm going with the cupcakes. Notre Dame, as I spoke about, took the loss to Texas. Um, it fell short of what it is they felt like they needed to do. The, even though they took this loss, Notre Dame really thinks they have a great uh, team this year, um, and they're, obviously their fans do. I still think that they do. And to prove that, they've got to go – punch these guys Nevada in the face this weekend that just is absolutely what has to happen you're back home after the disappointing loss and you can't go messing around again uh Nevada needed I believe overtime to beat Cal Poly San Luis Obispo um last week uh one of your great powerhouses in college football yeah, looking at it Nevada bad. the Wolfpack ammo gave up almost 400 yards rushing Okay, uh, Notre Dame can run the ball. They put up 206 yards rushing against a Texas defense that is good, supposed to be good. Um, they're going to come out and establish their dominance. They're going to run Nevada off this field and um, get people feeling a little better about Notre Dame football. So I think at 28 points, that's certainly doable. Uh, Nevada's not going to be up for the test against an angry, fighting Irish football
1: team. I like that pick, actually. Yeah, I like it a lot. That I could see that. I don't I could, know if I should one be happy one or of scared fields. about
0: that, Amel. I,
1: I don't know. I don't know, but th- this has a feeling of Notre Dame getting into the high 50s or 60 in this game. It really does.
0: Yeah, they got to roll it up on these guys. Got to do it.
1: Yep, and they will. I agree with you. Yeah. So we yeah, get to so the game where we, we, we have a pick on my USC Trojans, 16-and-a-half uh, point favorite against Utah State. I'm going to go first to get it out of the way. Um, this isn't a, an angry pick. It's not me being a homer. This is just the way I see this game. Um, USC put a lot of attention over the summer into that Alabama game last week, mm-hmm. and it didn't show. Well, it did for the first quarter and a half, but after that, it didn't show, okay? Sure. So there's going to be a lot of people that figure, you know, hey, USC's home, it's the home opener. And they're just going to come in here and run Utah State out of the building. But here's the thing. Utah Mm -hmm. State's been a pretty good football team for two or three or four years now. I mean, they've been playing decent football at Utah State. Uh, They won 45-6 against Weber last week. They ran the ball for 428 yards. That's what what Utah State does. They run the ball. Mm -hmm. Running the ball means the clock runs. And when the clock runs, it's harder to blow somebody out unless they help you a little bit with turnovers. USC is in a sandwich situation here. They're playing Alabama the week before. Next week they've got the game that really will tell us what USC is about. They're going to Stanford. Um, If they can win the game, all the talk about USC sucking goes away. If they lose the game and they lose it badly, the the talk starts of when does Clay Helton get fired. I don't expect Utah State to to get USC's full attention in this game. I'm going to take Utah State – Plus the 16.5, I think this might be one of those boring games where you don't see a ton of scoring and you see USC maybe win a game like 24-17.
0: You're out of your mind. You're telling me, fresh off of a 52-6 loss to Alabama on national television, pants pulled all the way down to their ankles, that... Utah State's not going to have USC's attention. I totally disagree. I think if USC is going to do anything this season, it's along the same lines. This is my theme for Cupcake Week. I wanted to find all the people that took the L's in their marquee matchups and they're coming back home to lesser opponents, and this certainly fits the bill. Um, while Utah State is not, um, let's say, a Nevada, um, there's still a team that USC would, could, and should dominate. And I think if USC is going to get the little stink off of them, from last week's um, debacle, uh, then they've got to go out here and handle this game. I think the, one of the best things I like about this is USC got totally handled. Uh, last week. It's a 52-6 score that everyone saw, all the laymen out there saw it, and I think it has served its purpose in keeping the line down in this game. USC wins that game last week, or they lose the game maybe by a touchdown or even 10 points, then I think this line is somewhere around 24, 25, 26 points. I think we get a 10-point discount because of the way in which USC was beaten. And again, Amol, watching that game, it just kind of got away from the Trojans. You know, Alabama is not 46 points better than USC, but the final score said that, and I think it's helped us with the line in this game. So I'm going to take USC at home. You can't open up in Los Angeles after a 52-6 loss and mess around with a Utah State. Uh, I don't know if Utah State has anything once that running game is stopped, so it could lead to turnovers, could lead to a lot of punting going on and some good field position for USC, who I think covers the number in this game. I know that would make you happy. This is probably the ultimate hedge for you this weekend, Amel. So you got your hedge, man. I'm going with the Trojans.
1: Okay. Uh, good luck there it on is. that.
4: So,
0: summing it up, I got Oklahoma with massive chalk, 47. Notre Dame with big chalk at 28. And USC with not as big chalk, but chalk nonetheless, 16.5. I like all these big favorites this weekend.
1: Wow, you're, you are all over the chalk. And me, I'm going uh, – Obviously, with Utah State, plus 16.5, we just talked about that. I have Oregon minus 24, and the Tennessee Volunteers minus 11.5.
0: All right, we've got our guest pickers in on the line. Not a whole lot of time here, but let's try and see. Uh, Let's try and zip through here and see what these guys got. Let's start with Kenny, who was 2-1 last week. Kenny, you had yourself a winning week. You had LSU over Wisconsin, winner. You had uh, Georgia over North Carolina, that was a winner. You did only take an L with Notre Dame, which you know could have kind of went in the other direction. What do you got for us this week, my friend?
4: Oh yeah, I got some picks for you boys today.
0: Is this macho man or is this some country bumpkin type dude? I, I don't know what we've got going on oh, here.
1: Oh yeah, I got. Some yeah. Picks. <laughs> Well, that's a good macho man. Let's hope your picks are as good as your macho man.
4: You or, uh, I, would go, like I would go. I would go for better. Well, I got the first pick for you, <laughs> and I got He's some froth to, to put on the khaki pants. I got the UCF Knights over the Michigan
1: Wolverines. Yeah. I think this guy. I think this guy got suplex with that pick. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay. What's think, our number
0: there, Gamel? you got to be our accountant. What's the number they got to cover there? 35 and a half we're going to give Kenny on that one. 35 and a half. That little hook might be a problem, Kenny. All right. What do you got next, my friend?
4: Oh, you know the macho man loves the swamp, and I see the gators swamp in the swamp beating those Kentucky wildcats.
1: Wow. Uh, what's, what what kind do. of score uh, are you looking what, for there, Macho Man? Oh, I got a big blowout.
4: See, they they didn't play well in the rain,
1: but this week it's going to be dry.
4: And you know the Macho Man likes it when it's dry in the swamp.
1: <laughs> okay, so Macho, you're laying 16.5 with the Gators. Okay, we got you down yeah. for six, that one. And what's your third pick?
4: Oh, I got the same game as you guys the big USC game. You know the macho wow. man likes revenge after he gets an ass-whooping. And boy, the macho man took an ass-whooping last week.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: so <laughs> you're going to take the Trojans, I take it, macho. You're going to take the oh, Trojans and you're going to lay 16-and-a-half, oh yeah. huh? yeah.
4: We played those Crimson Tide well for the first half. But then, you know, we just faltered at the end. But this week, we're going to show them all. We ready? we're going to take down. We're going to take down. Faltered at the
1: end? Faltered at the end. That's like saying Germany faltered at the end of World War II.
2: They
0: they did falter. Some people falter harder than others.
2: uh, Holy cow. Yeah, they faltered all right.
1: So... You, let's sum this up, Kenny. You've got Central Michigan. No, I'm, I'm right. going to
2: sum
0: it. I'm going to listen. I, I, look. He was the macho man. I've got to sum it up, and I've got to sum it up as Mean Jane Oakland. So you're telling me here, macho man, you're going to take these teams here that you got here for us. It's uh, the UCF Knights. You think the UCF Knights are going to cover 35 and a half against Michigan, and then you like the Gators because you like it dry, as you say down there, macho man, in the swamp. You like them as 16 and a half point favorites over their SEC combatants can tuck in, and you're telling me you like revenge. And what you're going to do, Macho Man, is take USC as 16-and-a-half-point favorites in their game at home in Los Angeles against Utah State. Is that what you're telling me here, Macho Man?
4: Oh, you tell them, Miss Elizabeth. You let them know. <laughs>
0: Well, there you have it. It's Macho Man. He's here on the program here, the Gridiron Stud Show, with his picks, and those are the three that you need to follow. Thank you for coming on here with us, Macho Man. We'll see you next week.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Boy, <laughs> oh, that's, that segment there is going down in the anals. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the anals. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You got
0: anals. that right That's,
1: Yeah, in The anals. How do we recover it from go, that one? It, should go, it should go in the place w- w- where, where you use your anus. Oh, and man. the only <laughs>
0: way we can recover from that is to have Les come on the show and probably drop a couple F-bombs when we're not looking. Les, you're on. You were smoking hot Les, last week, last week, um, going 3-0. and oh. I only was able to write down, as I see here in my notes, two of your picks – Amo will, uh, or you can help us with the third one. I had you with Texas A&M over UCLA. That was a winner. Washington over Rutgers. That was an easy winner. What was your third one?
4: Bama. Uh
0: He took Bama, Bama, which was an easy winner. Maybe we should give him two wins for that one. Should
1: we give him two wins for that one? We,
0: now, They're really we can't short. do that, unfortunately, because there will be days where he gets his clock cleaned on a pick and we're not going to give him too else. So, man, really quick, you're following up the macho man and mean Gene Oakland. Sorry to do that to you, but who do you like this week? Uh,
4: this week I like Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to have a solid game this week. Um, I'm going to go with Iowa.
1: Give me some Iowa numbers on State. Arkansas there, Amel. Arkansas is catching 20, seven and a half at TCU, so he's got Arkansas plus seven and a half. Go ahead. You you okay. want Iowa? Did you just say?
4: Yes, Iowa.
1: They're fifteen They're and a half somewhere. point favorites at home, and that you know that's a game that you just you you have to watch it every year. Is Iowa Iowa State. I don't know how you can miss oh, that. Oh yeah, year. I'm
0: going to park in front of the television to watch that game.
1: Uh, what else you got yes. there, Les?
4: Uh, Chad, I'm gonna follow behind you. I think, uh, because of the embarrassment that, uh, Stoops went through, I think they're gonna run through, uh, whoever they're playing at home.
0: Yeah, it's Louisiana
1: Monroe. It's a
0: point yeah, spread game, they and They know the number, and they know they gotta pass it because they're worried about voters and all that. And they can't look back and say we messed around with Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe's just gotta get trucked. They've gotta be a bug on the windshield. They've gotta get completely paddywhacked. And uh, I agree with you on got, that one, Mike friend.
4: So. They're gonna collect the check and, and get, get their get their tail kicked out of town.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, maybe they can schedule a game with Charleston Southern next week. All right, man, hate to make it short, but we got to run. We got an NFL segment to do, man. Appreciate you chiming in. Here's to hoping you got another 3 and 0 week next week.
4: Uh yes, yeah, sir. We're trying to do that. We're trying to keep listeners happy.
0: Yeah, there you go. Someone's got to someone's got to win around here. All right, that's it. Listen, I'm not I'm going to I'm going to throw the break aside because this is so serious. We got to get into this NFL stuff, Emil Um real quick, just a couple, of, a couple of matchups to talk about, then we've got to get into what we like this week. Obviously, it's Giants and Cowboys. I don't have a pick on this game, but uh, one of the games I'm really interested in seeing, Dak Prescott making his debut, fortunately doing it at home, unfortunately against someone I think is going to be um, the cream of the crop in the NFC East. Do you have a pick on this, and if not, how do you feel about your team taking on the Giants at home with a, a rookie at quarterback?
1: I do have a pick on the game. Uh, do you want me to give it, or do you want me to wait?
0: No, hold on to it. Um, I, you know, I would talk about the marquee matchup on Sunday night, New England and Arizona. Except I have a pick on it as well. If you don't, chime in with uh, your thoughts on that game.
1: I told you this, and I still stand by it in this game. And uh, I have a feeling they got a little carried away with the lack of Brady here. You're going to catch six points with the, the, you know, the Patriots. I I just think that to get six points with a quality opponent, the rest of these guys will play above what they're capable of. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think you'll have a three-point, maybe Arizona win, maybe even a New England win, but I'll gladly grab six there. But it's not one of my picks.
0: Well, I'm not going to touch the Monday night games because we are back on Monday morning and we can talk about those games then. Of local interest, though, the Miami Dolphins are traveling clear across the country to play the Seattle Seahawks, and no love being shown by the odds makers here as the Seahawks are 10 and a half point favorites against the Miami Dolphins, and I'd be inclined to lay that number, and I'm just not feeling the Miami Dolphins at all. Secondary is not up to snuff. Um, hopefully they can stop the running game. Hopefully they can get a pass rush, but that's a whole lot of hoping to do. I don't know how well they're going to run the ball. Um, And then the receiving core, um, they're going to have to prove it to me. And you know where I stand on Ryan Tannehill. Um, Maybe maybe he is – or would have been a good NFL quarterback. I just think he was taken too high, just too much for me. And as you know, I picked the Seahawks to not only go to the Super Bowl, but win it, and they got to kick it off the right way. They took a couple losses last year at home, and they're uh, out to fix that. What are your thoughts on this?
1: They're my pick in my last man standing pool, but that's straight up. But here's the thing. This is the longest road trip in the NFL, the trip from Miami to Seattle in terms of distance. Mm-hmm. For me, I look at the Dolphins going up there in a home opener with the Seahawks, there's no way I'm taking ten and a half points. I'm either laying off the game or I'm laying the points at the Seahawks. I, I just think Seattle. Again, I didn't make it a pick because of the size of the spread in pro football. You know, they're all professionals, but I I can't see how Seattle doesn't win this game by at least a couple touchdowns. I'm not. Yeah, a big I could see a twenty four six,
0: twenty four seven type yeah. deal. I could smell something like that going down. I think the Dolphins will yep. struggle. All right, those are the games that really are probably going to mean something here. Outside of the ones that we're about to pick right now. Emil, why don't we do this with the NFL? You give your 3, I'll give my 3 and we'll wrap things up here and head to a break. Okay. High school football's up next on the Gridiron. Okay,
1: let me let me start here uh, with a game and I'm usually very hesitant to take this team, but it's the first week of the year. They don't know they suck yet and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns getting three-and-a-half points against the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? I know they're the Browns, people, I know. But the Eagles were nothing to write home about last year, and they're going to roll out a rookie quarterback who missed a big chunk of the preseason with a fractured rib or something like that. He's jumping from one double A to the NFL. I know the jokes are out there. The Browns belong in one double I got it, okay? But listen, the Browns' new season, RG3 is going to want to prove – that he's their guy going forward, I think you're going to get a good performance from him in this game. I think you'll get a couple gift mistakes from, from Carson Wentz, and in the end, i I got to take three and a half points in the Browns.
0: Cleveland Browns, uh, the first pick for Emil Kalamini. What do you got next?
1: Okay, the next one. Uh, I usually hate doing this when you know you get on the train, but you know what? I think that people are making the line in this game based on prior years, and and those prior years are not last year. They're a couple of years ago. I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders plus a point and a half at the New Orleans Saints. Okay? If this was maybe 2012, uh, the Saints should be favored in, in this game. But I don't really think they should be, even though they're home. The Saints are just, mm-hmm. to me, not a good football team. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got Drew Brees, but they don't got anything else.
0: They've I think been steadily the Raiders moving
1: are... in the opposite direction for for the last couple of years, and I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, it. and I think, you know, you take a look at, at at Oakland. I mean, this is a game that if they want to do the things they think they can do, and they want to be a playoff team. Even though it's a road game, this is a winnable road game. I mean, you, to make the playoffs, you have to win some games on the road. And it, this this better be one you win because it's it should be one of your easier ones when you look back on the year. So I think the Raiders come out here in week one, and they put it on the Saints, in, in the Superdome and, and get an outright win here. I'll take the Raiders plus one and a half.
0: Raiders plus one and a half? Okay, what's your last pick for this? And then
1: finally, game? you know, the, the Cowboys-Giants game I'm interested in seeing, not just because I'm a fan, I'm very interested in Prescott. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. That said, these games that these two teams have played the last four or five years have always turned into track meets. Now I take a look at this game, the Cowboys' two defensive ends Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are suspended for the first four games of the season, okay? And you got Eli and and company who like to throw the ball over the lot, and Eli gets it out of there quick. I don't see the Cowboys getting a ton of pressure, so here's how I see this game going. Either A, Prescott comes out, makes a ton of mistakes, the Giants jump to a lead, then Dallas starts throwing the ball over the yard. Or... Mm-hmm. Prescott comes out and doesn't make mistakes And if he doesn't, I think Dallas will roll up a lot of points Right out of the gate Because of, cause of the way they can move the football Either way, this game is going over 46.5 points Forget picking a side Just sit there and watch the teams go up and down the field I'll take over 46.5 In the Giants-Cowboys game Alright uh, A a point
0: total picked In this game
1: All right, As he, uh, he likes the New York Giants And the Cowboys
0: to go over 46.5 Alright, let me jump on you Right quick and tell you what I like. Uh, Minnesota and Tennessee. Minnesota was, uh, you know, a team I was high on, uh, you were high on as well. Liked them to win the NFC Central. That all went up in smoke in practice a couple weeks ago when Teddy Bridgewater went down. Now the Vikings, what in the world are they going to do at quarterback? Don't know who it is. Went out and gave up a first and fourth for Sam Bradford. Is uh, is Davis the guy? I don't know what they're doing back there. I fully expect Tennessee to load the box up and stop the one true thing there is right now in Minnesota, and that's Adrian Peterson. Uh, Tennessee's an improved football team. I think everyone could tell that. We can make an argument as to how much more improved they are. I'm anxious to see them with Marietta and the uh, running backs that they have now in that in that stable, I think Tennessee is quietly moving themselves up, and I think they need to show that in that home opener uh, against a Minnesota team. With Though it's just one guy, it is the important guy, and that's Teddy Bridgewater, is out. I like Tennessee as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I mean, you lost your guy, and, you, and you're a road favorite to open up the NFL weekend slap in the face for Tennessee.
1: I'm funny the funny I over. had that as one of my games. I had to throw one of them out, but uh, I give you credit for having the guts to pull a trigger. I like Tennessee as well in that game.
0: Yeah, jumping on the Titans in that one. I'm with you. Cleveland, um, too early in the year for them to know that they're not that good. Philadelphia Eagles starting a rookie at quarterback, a rookie that is not ready. Uh, Amal, I'm declaring that right here. I'm no quarterback guru, but I've been watching this game long enough. Not ready. This is the NFL. Though it's the Cleveland Browns, it's still the NFL. The Eagles were not a good football team last year, and This not-so-good football team last year is going to start off with a rookie. I think it's going to mean big, big problems for the Philadelphia Eagles. RG3 in at Cleveland. Just named him a captain. Must mean he's doing good things behind the scenes. He needs to now prove it on the field. I think he'll do that. Week one is the time to do it like the Browns catching three-and-a-half in this one. And then finally, I'm with you, the comment you made about it. Uh, this is still the New England Patriots, okay? Uh, so, you know, Garoppolo is not a high school quarterback. He's a professional quarterback that's been in their system. And if you know anything about the Patriots, it's really plug-and-play over there. It might sound crazy saying that because we're talking about Tom Brady. And while Garoppolo certainly is not Tom Brady, the rest of those guys there know they need to kick it up a notch, and uh, they're going to bring the war to Arizona. Wouldn't be surprised that the Patriots, Patriots win this game. If the Cardinals do win it, I think it's on a late field goal, which bodes well for anyone taking New England plus six, which is what I'm asking you to do. To summarize it real quick, Tennessee plus two-and-a-half, Cleveland plus three-and-a-half, New England Patriots plus six. And that's it for us here on these picks for the NFL uh, this weekend, the opening week. So there you have them. i got to jump into a break. Amos got to hit the road. When I get back, it's high school football talk. Amos, say goodbye to the folks.
1: Goodbye, everybody. Have a good weekend. We will see you Monday.
0: That's it. We're going to jump into a break. When I get back, Joshua Wilson from Florida, HSfootball.com, joins me to talk Florida high school football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heavens. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25, and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
4: To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Right, folks, let's talk right now. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will blow this man out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. I'm on a roll. 13-3. and 13-3 my last sixteen on games of my life. On Saturday, two teams, NFL, parlay over. I thought so far to bad I'm not.
0: We're back. I wonder if that's how Amal and I sounded just now making those picks. I doubt it. That's Stu Finer, <laughs> one of the biggest scam decappers of all time. Gotta love that. That dude was amped. Had to be on coke. Had to be on coke. Nevertheless, NFL and college football is behind us here on the Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show, and that must mean it's high school football time. And who better to talk about high school football up and down the coast? of the state of florida then my next guest joshua wilson from florida hsfootball.com josh it's been a while man but how you doing
2: ha i'm I'm doing i mean i knew we were going to talk last weekend and that nice little thing called a hurricane decided to show up for the first time in 11 years
0: (laughs) yeah one of those things you got to deal with when you live in the great state of florida is always the impending threat of a tropical depression or storm or something coming through this one did touch down, caused a little disturbance um, up in the northern part of the what, uh, state of Florida,
2: which is where I'm, which is where I'm at. We we got we we got melted pretty badly we, uh, thurs, Thursday night and Friday morning, and it just it just was it was just literally crazy. So I man, it's but we can get back to Tallahassee. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, I know
0: they took the brunt of the thing. All right, well let's get into let's get into this. We're early on in the season, uh, two weeks in or three weeks if you count some of those uh preseason kickoff classics that happened what's been the biggest surprise for you so far in uh high school football in the state of Florida this early in the season
2: I think things have been very volatile I can tell you that I think there's there's a lot of there's still a lot of uncertainty because I mean this year we started doing a new rankings where we can start combining strength of schedule into what the voters had to say and what you know looking at a couple, a couple of different other factors and just looking at it it's just like you realize you really don't know what a team's strengths are until they get three, four games in. And, you know, with, with, with the weather having now the impact on the schedule a little bit, it may, we may not know totally on every single team until we get to week six because some teams have not played for the first two weeks, had games canceled. So now we're talking, we might not know until they get into a district game. Okay, where are they going to hold up at?
0: Yeah, I mean, do we have teams that have not played games yet?
2: Is that correct? I, they have not played Um, Admiral Farragut over there in St. Wow. Petersburg. Ocala Trinity Catholic, the first two weeks have been both washed out because of either Man. rain and storms or, you know, thanks to the hurricane last week. They I mean, it, that, that's a rough way to start the season. Now you're down to basically eight games, and now your you're, your whole season rides on this. And, you know... That would that, that's gonna that, that's gonna make some teams leery if if this was if we were heading into this potential new playoff format this year, and not next year, I think some teams would, we we would probably be seeing a little bit of a different story of teams trying to get reschedule and get those games in real quick, like because they know that they, they know that they have to have it.
0: Yeah, um, certainly a tough situation for those teams. Let's talk about some stuff that's actually happened on the field and not necessarily the Hurricanes. Booker T. Ice Harris returns to. Uh, to Booker T and, and right away they kick the season off with two huge victories over big opponents, American Heritage, much to my chagrin, and then the following week against St. Thomas in a the thriller, they do get a ho hum victory last week over Pace. What do you make of Booker T early on in this season, and then and, and, uh, you know we got that central matchup coming up. They look right. good for it.
2: Is there anyone that can stop them?
0: <laughs> Is there anyone? Yeah, you got to ask that, that question at this <laughs> point.
2: I, I, you know, I, I the only team at that particular point, I think I said at that point I said you know could potentially stop them would you know this was a couple weeks ago I said you know what the only team that might be able to stop them from going for that five feet might be Coco after what they did to Trinity Christian on ESPN two weekends mm-hmm. ago, and I'm, but I'm just like... But now, after seeing, after seeing that Miami Central has only given up, like it was like 14 or 17 points, I have to look at it, but it was, it was very minimal amount in the first two games, and the fact that they didn't allow Miami Killian to have a first down last week at all, I think that... that, mm-hmm. that I'm, a, I'm a little scared about Miami Central now. What, what are they going to do to Booker T, or what can Booker T do to Central? I mean, that's going to be... Yeah, well,
0: I think it's setting up for uh, really uh, one of those epic matchups between these two teams, which I don't know that anyone was really thinking that going in, didn't know what to expect from Booker T. No real marquee names on the roster. Yes, Ice Harris is returning, and if clearly there is a different program when he's there as opposed to when he's not in it. But uh, no one was really saying the central Booker T matchups won for the ages, but it could turn into to, to being that.
2: Oh yeah, that could that could definitely turn into that one one of those one of those classic games again. And, and that's the, that, that's the thing now. It's the, the when ice when when they make basically Ice Harris the head coach again, that just changed the whole dynamic of that team. That, that that's it, it's like when, it, when it, like you said when he puts when his finger is on that program, there's just like no stopping them. And and you know mm-hmm. you know if they continue to win. He might be bringing home that second national championship back to Miami this year.
0: Well, certainly if they went
2: out like this,
0: given the way they've started off this season, they've got a a legit shot at it. Someone's going to have to beat Bishop Gorman, though, for that to happen because it just seems like pollsters and everyone alike
2: uh, loves, loves Bishop Gorman. Yeah, Bishop Gorman. I mean, I mean, Coco went out there. You know what's interesting is Coco kept it close for one half, but Bishop Gorman just ran away on that game. And you know, I think that's what happens. You know, Bishop Gorman plays a half close with the with the opposing team, and then everybody else just run, they just run away with it. And so it's like, you know, I think the only you know the only team that might only have another you know if, if they can do this, and I'm not sure if they can, would be Aquinas when they go out there week six. That's going to be a yeah, question. Yeah, um, that's, they, cer- they that's certainly it?
0: going to be. Yeah, that's certainly going to be a very interesting game, especially with St. Thomas al- already carrying a loss. They're going to be super motivated, not trying to take two L's in one season, especially with the kind of roster they've been able to put together. Well, listen, I'm not all that versed on the northern half of the state. Um, what What are the? Give me a couple of the headlines out of the north uh, before we get into talking to a couple of individual matchups we got coming up tonight.
2: Well, I just saw the Dandy last night. I mean, well, it's literally a Dandy, a classic. I don't know how you want to put it, but I mean, there were 13 turnovers, and no, they were not the flavored kind, like apple or cherry, mm. <laughs> last night between <laughs> between between Gainesville, Buholts, and Lake City, Columbia. I mean, I was literally, mm. I, I, I think think all of us in the press box we were, because the press box is on the visitor side, hey, because there's two boxes, one mm. on each side, which is which is mm. which is unique, and you know, you don't see that often in Florida, but. Sure. We were just sitting there, it's like, here it comes again. We were just all like tweeting, oh, here it comes again. Interception, interception, interception. Wow. Eternal <laughs> like, effect. In the, it, 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 that's pretty much what it was. And, and that's, that's the thing. You know, that was last night. And, and, and what's, what's stunning about this, Chad, is that Columbia was up 23 nothing, 13 seconds left. They get the ball back after forcing Buholz to go three and out. Here's the, the, the thing is, they started throwing the ball. I'm like, why in, why in the world would you start throwing the ball? 13 seconds left. You just go in the halftime with a 23 nothing lead, and you, you know, you know the, the, the Buchholz gets the ball to start the second half. All you have to do is just stop them, you know, to start early, you know, the second half. No, they throw the ball, two passes, and the second pass, 90-yard interception, pick six with the clock expired. I'm like, okay, you, you, just, you just literally jolted them, and sure enough, that's what happened. It jolted them, and Buchholz went on 27 nothing run to win the game and i that, i i don't think i could ever that, see that must have been like fascinating
0: that. to uh, that must have been fascinating to watch that unfold um Opopka put yes. up a serious basketball score on someone oh gosh. a couple of weeks <laughs> ago how good is this Apopka team i uh, i
2: think i think they got mad i think they i think they got mad after they lost to columbia in the preseason cuz then they defeated okoe 62-7 week 1 78 nothing on edgewater this past week I mean, I, I literally don't know what to expect this week, and that's that's a good you know. I don't think I can remind myself who who, who they're actually playing because it's not it's not one of the probably one of the best games actually. land. uh, yes, land and that right there, I ah, man, that right there could open to another that's be a spell of another blowout. I mean, that just I mean, I, yeah, they look like guy,
0: they're on a, a bit of a mission there, Josh. Um, we've got an interesting they, game happening yeah. down here in the southern part. Um. Columbus, has not opened up the season, I think the way they had hoped, uh, is taking no. on a Southridge team that loaded up in talent this off season, much to uh, Killian's chagrin. But a uh, ton of talent there at Southridge. Your your man Joe Pinkos has got them uh, as four point underdogs to
2: Columbus. You agree or disagree? I, I disagree with him. <laughs> I think Southridge <laughs> has got this. I think Southridge has got this game. I, they, they're they're creeping up on people. And what Billy Roll's doing down there, man. I, 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 I you, you you have to suspect that hey Billy Roll he, he he's not satisfied right this second he wants another state championship on his resume well you know hey you keep winning these games you might just be sitting you seeing yourself at Camping World Stadium come to, come come second weekend of December <laughs> I mean there's yeah, that yeah, very no, high potential chance
0: yeah no 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 winning. doubt about that yeah and I think you know he's still coaching for that reason man wants to wants to you know experience the taste of that again oh. yet. Another school. So um, sliding down into 7A, I won't even talk about St. Thomas Plantation because that's going to be the most one-sided That's affair. A, we'll, I think we'll, we'll have tonight. Yeah. Dwyer, um, I had a chance to see them a little bit on film. What do you make of Dwyer? It's not the Dwyer of old, but how far away are they? They're taking on Palm Beach Central
2: tonight. You know, oh, that's probably going to be, I hate to say, it, it's going to be another blowout right there, you know, in favor of Dwyer. I mean, it just, I, I, think, I think what I w- really want to see is, once they get into the district play, because you know, I mean, there's there, there here's Dwyer, and it's going to be Dwyer, you know, on top of that district. But who's going to be who's going to challenge them at this point? I'm not sure if Dwyer's going to get challenged at this point. They may not get challenged until the playoffs. That's what I'm kind of concerned about. And, yeah, you know, uh, and they may there may be cha- uh,
0: there may be an eye opener sitting there in that playoffs for them if they don't oh. you know, run into an opponent that could challenge them. You know, so. Um, that's yeah. that's going to be a tough part for them. Um, interesting game, going to happen. Uh, you know, up up the coast, Booker T. Washington, not the Booker T. Washington of Miami, but the one of Pensacola is taking on Pensacola. Pinkos has this as a three point game. What do you think?
2: You know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering what's going on at Pensacola because Pensacola usually, you know, it's 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 one of the oldest programs in the state, and I mean they got a lot of tradition there, but. Just as of lately, it just seems like, you know, what's happened to the winning there? What's happening to getting to the playoffs? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you dropped the first couple games, and I'm like, I can understand, yeah, you dropped the game to Pine Force, but, you know, I mean, you you should be, in my mind, I'm thinking they should be one and one, but at this point, it's like, okay, who's going to do what? Now, this might be a chance for a win, but that Booker T. Washington being there in Pensacola, being coached by Charlie Ward... I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind considering that they yeah, had won, should... we one. won. There, there, there's, there's some things turning around there on the panhandle, and I, I think it's not not not, not Pensacola. It's, it's some of these other teams that have kind of laid dormant, and all of a sudden now they've got some new fuel to the fire, with things going on, and they're saying, yeah, that that matchup there is going
0: to kind of. Tell us some things there. Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com joins us here on A Good Iron Stud Show talking Florida football. We have, uh, and by we I mean American Heritage, we have a pretty serious matchup tonight as we take on uh, famed Miami program Northwestern in uh, the Mecca, Traz Powell. uh, Big time matchup there for us. Um, I know Northwestern won some revenge. It was a forty-eight twenty-three game last year. Certainly not, uh, you know, indicative of what Northwestern has been able to do. Um, they're going to be nice and angry.
2: That's my and that's my top game of the week. Which actually, that article is actually in the process of trying to go up. Kind of behind this week with everything with the holiday and trying to get you know, all the makeup games in. Trying to trying to mm-hmm. track down as, who, which games are going to be the you know solid, but. I mean that that game's the top game of the week, game of the week in the state, and you know, and it, it has every right to be because you you look at you you look okay, you know, okay, the, the Patriots have been nationally ranked here. Northwestern's trying to make a comeback, trying to rise back up, you know, as a program that hey, we're not just knowing in the state, we're knowing nationally as well. I mean, I me, mean, but the fact that you have to go, the 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 Patriots have to go in the Traspal. Mm-hmm. That's a tough environment. We we know that's a tough environment. Just ask no the Carlos Aquinas about that one. I mean, let's, yeah, just, no doubt. let's just put it that way. I, I you know, I, you know, I, I've got to give kudos to American Heritage for what they have been able to do after you know after that defeat with Booker T in, in the preseason, being able to come out mm-hmm. and knock off Colquitt, and then you know beat Don Bos- shut out Don Bosco Prep, which that you know. I mean, that was I think what, what is was the first time in twelve years that Don Bosco had been shut out. I'm like, well, you know that that, that speaks pretty highly. Yeah, pretty right pretty there. pretty
0: angry about uh, our performance in that opener against Booker T. I mean, nothing to take anything away from Booker T. I mean, they went and proved the next week that they're a good football team. We just felt like we did a whole lot to help uh, the the Tornadoes win that football game. A ton of penalties and just, just oh, yeah. generally didn't play well. So. Um, kind of a mission, I I'm, you know, very interested in seeing the mission, how,
2: uh, we perform. Right, but I think y'all have got the mission out there that, hey, you know, y'all, y'all were knocked out the second round of the playoffs and you want to go, you, you, the mission is we won another state championship and well, you know, that's, that's a very good mission to be on, you know, for, for any team, yeah. you know, you want another state championship or you want to win one and, you know, and some people say, hey, it's basically a revenge season for them. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it is yeah, a revenge no, season. No. it, it. it
0: no doubt, man. Especially no doubt, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. Looking forward to that. Well, listen, I'm short on time. One more game to talk about. Um, and, you know, as the weeks come, you're going to be joining me every week here. We'll have a ton to get into, and one of those will be oh, the, yeah. uh, the the coach at Miami Jackson. But We won't get into that today. Well, one more game for me to talk about. It's Glade Central taking on American Heritage Del Rey. I'm not sure where we're at with these two teams. Give me some ah, insight on both of these programs, and what do you think will happen tonight?
2: I, I I was kind of a little dumbfounded that Glade Central dropped the Palm Beach Lakes last week. That's for one. Yeah, I that mean tells that, me, but that, that made tells me that me scratch me that the hype, my head. But that tells me that the hype about Palm Beach Lakes must as, as actually it, it's starting to become it's starting to gelify uh, the gel as a legit hype. It's not just being blown. It's not just being blown out of proportion. It's telling me that Palm Beach Lakes might have been fi- might have finally turned the corner. So yeah i'm gonna um, coach my
0: out. old uh, teammate of mine, Al Shipman at the University of Miami, doing some good things oh, there. Yes. So, yeah you know, I like to see that,
2: yeah, I'll see that, but- american heritage i mean i mean for for right, I just don't know what the world's going on because you dropped fifty to seventeen to Naples in week one, which is a team you actually beat last year, and this was- Naples is supposed to be rebuilding this year, well which obviously apparently it's just reload. Not rebuild, yeah. Um, and and then you go, do you do then you, then you go up the St. John's and uh, play the St. John's and play the cadets, and you just basically don't even do anything really. except maybe put, I don't know, like nine points on the board. I'm like, I, I really don't know what to make of them at this point. I mean, I, I I would like for them, you know, okay, let's see what they do. Come back down home, get back into your environment, and and see if you can win some games. Because if you can't, if they can't beat Glade Central, which I know they can. And they start mm-hmm. dropping more games. I'm concerned, and that gives Ox. That's only going to give Oxbridge Academy more fuel for the fire after the summer they went through with everything mm-hmm. going on. It's just throwing more fuel into the fire after starting off the season two and all against knocking off two big time opponents. I mean, I yeah, I didn't think, expect you know,
0: that out of Oxbridge, given like you said what no. they went through this this off season, losing a coach, losing several players. So. Uh, surprised by that. Well, listen, man, never enough time to talk to you, but we do oh, gotta uh, bring bring it to it. No, no, never enough time, but uh, we'll we'll kind of see the action that goes yep. down this weekend and some interesting games, and hop back on it again next week.
2: Oh yeah, and and just like you said, you know, and hopefully we'll you know within the next couple of weeks, once the FHA makes that final vote on this new playoff proposal, we'll be able to sit down and talk a little bit about it because I'll tell you right now it's 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 almost 99% certain they're going to pass it because they've got the endorsement. There's there's full endorsements on this now from from, from several committees. So that's, you know. We're, yeah, well, I
0: know it's an issue that's near and dear to your heart, man. So looking forward to talking uh, to you next week, man. Uh, Josh, yes. thanks for joining us.
2: Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chad. Uh,
0: all right. That's Joshua Wilson from Florida, HSfootball.com here talking about football, up and down the coast of the state of Florida, high school football, that is. Well, we're back. Off of high school football, on to college football, and it's that time now for us to talk about the Florida Gators, who were 24-7 winners last week in their game against UMass. Not big enough win for uh, many of uh, the folks out there. I don't, I don't know how the fans feel, but you know the Florida Gator haters are not uh, too impressed with the 24-7 win. What do you make out of that, Nick Delatory from GatorCountry.com?
3: How's it going, Chad? Um, going yeah, well. It's, uh, fans Fans didn't really like it. I guess you hearken back to the first game last year, uh, and you get 600 yards of offense. Fans are kind of expecting you're playing a bad UMass team uh, week one. Probably get something similar to that. Uh, this UMass team really wasn't good. It wasn't even a situation where, like, Butch Jones can come out after the game when, when Tennessee holds on and say, hey, that's a good App State football team. Uh, mm-hmm. There was none of that. From Jim McElwain. This is a UMass team that was basically uh, not kicked out, but not re invited to the MAC because they were so bad the last six years. So um, Mm -hmm. to me, it it starts up from the offensive line, and, and that's where my real concern is with this team.
0: Yeah, um, I, I did see some things there that concerned me. Pro- perhaps could have been a little bit more physical, opened up a little bit more holes in the run mm-hmm. game. I will say this though, if you watch the game on television, it's amazing how this is. You know, I was there in person. A uh, driving rainstorm in the first half, off and on in this game, and watching the television copy, you really can't see that. Unless you get a shot of the lights at some point, but you can't really tell how hard it was raining. I, I want to say that it altered the game plan offensively for the Florida Gators, and um, I want to say might have altered the defensive game plan for UMass, where they you know kind of took advantage of that. Do you give do you lend anything to that, or it's you know there's no excuses?
3: Yeah, you can. I had uh, our defensive coordinator when I was in high school said it's harder for defenses in the rain. Because the offense mm-hmm. at least knows where they're going, and the defense is kind of reacting. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, do you change some of it? I think really losing Dre Massey in the first mm-hmm. half time changes more because because he's such a versatile guy. You have him; he's kind of touching so many different parts of the offense, and all of a sudden that's taken away. And, and how do you refill? How do you fill that up? If you lose your ex receiver, okay, we can we can fill that in. But, but Massey is a guy, kick return, punt return. Uh, slot outside playing so many different roles, I think that might have more of an effect. But you are right, it was coming down last weekend, um, and, and I'm guessing you couldn't see that on TV. I watched the game again on TV, and you couldn't really grasp. no how man, hard it was uh, yeah, definitely coming down sideways. Staying on Dre
0: Massey, uh, the report is he got hurt on the opening kickoff, but I distinctly remember him. I don't know, I, he may have even gone in a game later on. I know I saw him on the sidelines.
3: Um, what, what what happened there? Uh, so it, it, it was reported that it's a, a knee injury, um, an ACL, MCL. Max said it was on the first play, but I know he came back and played, at least got in for a snap on offense later. Um, mm-hmm. You're very familiar with, with ACL injuries, running mm-hmm. straight lines. Someone might be able to do that. It's when you start getting into lateral movements and cutting is, is when, you know, you – just tell someone to amputate um, because of the pain. So uh, I guess every situation could be different, but, you know, he wasn't there at all in the second half. Uh, He was on the sideline in the first half, and he did play offense after that first snap. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: uh, So, yeah, I was a little surprised by that. Uh, You know, look, a a loss nonetheless for the Florida Gators who, you know, would need some dynamic playmakers. Uh, in the offensive receiving core, So uh, we'll have to see who wants to step up there. Hello, Ahmad Fulwood. Hello. Please report to the Florida Gators. It would <laughs> be nice if uh, he'd show up and use all that talent that he has. Just at some point we'd want the light to turn on for the kid. Um, so far as health heading into this game against Kentucky, uh, other than Matthew, is there anyone else that might miss this game?
3: Uh, just the usual suspects. we actually actually getting, getting healthier coming back into this game. Um, you're going to get C.J. Wharton back. I think C.J. Wharton's the guy that's going to start this week. Um, He can play outside, can play in the slot as well. Um, He's kind of another guy you're waiting to answer the call. Some of that I was high on as a recruit when he came in as a Mm -hmm. freshman. Um, You're getting Jalen Tees, whatever they're calling him. You're getting Tabor back this week. Deontay (laughs) Lewis is back this week. And also Tyree Cleveland and Rick Wells, who missed a game for suspension for their BB gun uh, arrest over the summer. Uh, and both have dealt with hamstring injuries throughout camp, you're getting them back. So Florida is even healthier going into week two than they were into week one, which is not really uh, always the case in football.
0: Yeah. Uh, how much do you expect those two freshman wide receivers, talking about Wells and Cleveland, to participate in this game? Uh, what, what, are, will they be a factor? How much do you expect to see from them against Kentucky?
3: Uh, I remember seeing Tyree Cleveland at the Under Armour All-American game and and Mm -hmm. very quickly turning to whoever was next to me and saying, hey, this is the best receiver out here. Uh, He may not Mm -hmm. be rated the highest or have as many stars as everyone that's out here, but this is the best receiver out here. Um, I think you get Tyree, you figure out what he can do. Um, There was a question Jim McElwain kind of gave a a sharp response to a reporter about the run-pass differential, and McElwain talked about run-pass options, um, different options where... Hey, the number on, you know, after the game might look a certain way, but we go to the line with two plays. I've, I've been told that Cleveland is, when it comes to an option route, like, hey, you're going to go out to the X with two different, two different routes. If the guy's playing mm-hmm. off man, this is what you're running. That's where he struggles to, to recognize that. And, and that's mm-hmm. and probably the case for most freshmen um, to be able to sure. recognize the defense and remember and switch things. But when it comes down to it, you, as a coach, He's too talented of a player not to feature him or to use him this week. So you, you find ways to make him – you find what he can do and, and help ha- have him help the team. Find ways to make him successful. I think Rick Wells is the guy that can maybe play some offense but also can be a contributor um, on special teams. But I'm really looking for, forward to seeing what Tyree Cleveland does in his debut and, and how McElwain kind of schemes to get him the ball. Uh, Sure, and if you're a Florida Gator fan who's been starved for offense for
0: I don't know how many years running now, you just want to see something from big time or dynamic from any of the young freshman wide receivers that were brought in as part of a big class of wide receivers that came in uh, in 2016. Uh, As we... Uh, Is is Kentucky a dangerous opponent? There's a long-going streak they have of L's that they've taken against Mm -hmm. Florida, and um, they lost a game that they completely had in control last week. I will tell you this. I don't know what happened to them defensively. It just went south really fast for them there. But that offensive passing attack looked pretty impressive last week. Are they a dangerous opponent?
3: It's a trend for Kentucky's defense, though. Kentucky has given up 400 yards of defense or uh, 400 yards of offense in eight or 13 of their last 25 games and six hmm. of those 13 games they've given up at least 500 yards of offense to their opponents so the defense is is, is a scary trend but offensively, yeah I mean wasn't uh, Stoop's a sophomore...
0: defensive guy by the way
3: <laughs> he
0: was <laughs> funny how these things work. he
3: was uh offensively Drew Barker looked impressive in the, in the first half through four touchdowns uh, in the first half. They've got some playmakers, um, you know, in, in boom Heron or boom Heron in uh, mm-hmm. boom Johnson, Stanley Johnson mm-hmm. uh, and Jojo Kemp. Also guys, uh, Garrett Johnson, not last year, but two years ago, um, the, the triple over kind of game. game in Gainesville, he had six for one forty-five and two touchdowns. So that's somebody that, uh, that Florida needs to look at to me though. It's kind of like what Quincy said this week. They like to throw the ball. We like teams to throw. You get Jalen back, Quincy on the outside, and Duke. uh, You you kind of invite Kentucky to throw the football. I think Kentucky's going to need to run the football, um, make Florida get into situations where you're taking Caleb Brantley and Joey Ivey off the field, putting in backups, and then maybe running some tempo to keep those backups on the field. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I think that streak – puts more pressure on Florida than it does Kentucky. Kentucky's coming into the game. We haven't won this in three decades. There's no pressure on us. Nobody Mm -hmm. on Florida wants to be part of the team that ended a streak that started before their parents even thought about having them. Nobody in Florida wants to be on Um, that end of the streak.
0: Yeah, I know how that goes. I was a member of the Miami Hurricanes football team that lost the 58-game game uh you know, win streak in the orange bowl. Not not a good feeling, so I can, you know, identify with that that the pressure is on the Gators for that one. Plus you're getting a team with I mean after losing the southern miss. Um almost nothing mm-hmm. to lose. So um and I'm very wary of that that passing attack that they have. Can Florida get the kind of pass rush that they've had in right. the last few years when they've been able to pull out some close victories. Do they have that? It was nice to see Zanega come in and make some plays, but does Florida have that dynamic pass rusher that can, you know, speed up the clock on Barker?
3: I, I don't know if you have, you know, if you look back, you had, you know, Dante Fowler. You, you had one dynamic guy. I don't know if Florida has that one dynamic guy, um, but last week, Caleb Brantley did, does a great job of it. Terry Clark even did a great job of it. It's kind of taken mm-hmm. him some time, but this might be his year. Uh, these are guys mm-hmm. that demand double teams. They're space eaters. And if you have a guy, at defensive tackle, a nose tackle, that is demanding too, that sets you up for a one-on-one with, with Jabari Zuniga on the outside or Kavanis Davis mm. or Brian Cox mm. Jr. And I think mm. if you can keep getting play, they don't get recognized for that because they're, they're taking on two offensive linemen. They're not getting stats, but they're creating right. for others. So I think it starts inside out for Florida's defensive line because you don't have that premier pass rusher But if you can have your premier guy and Caleb Brantley take on the center and the guard, now you have two tackles on the outside one-on-one situations. Uh, So that's where I think Florida needs to to create the pass rush, starting from the inside out.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the big – part of this thing uh, I think on Saturday is seeing the Florida Gators pass rush against this passing attack it's going to be key um, in terms of holding them down keeping them off the scoreboard and and making this game the comfortable win that odds makers and fans would like it to be Uh, let's talk about the conference was not a banner weekend last week for the conference I mean uh, short of Alabama you know punching USC in the face on national television it was kind of a dark day for the the Southeastern Conference, it started with Tennessee struggling with Appalachian State on Thursday night, and then it just rolled into, uh, you know, closer than expected victory for Arkansas, a loss for Mississippi State, LSU, uh, many who many had winning the West, taking the upset loss to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, just an anomaly, or is this something uh, the conference should start worrying about a little bit?
3: Uh, I, maybe. Maybe. You know, uh, I think the conference might only worry about dollars and cents, so I don't know if they worry mm-hmm. about that yet. Uh, but maybe. The, to me, the SEC is, is very weak. You look at – there's three teams I think that can win the East, and Florida, Tennessee, Georgia. The mm-hmm. other four teams, they're out. They're just – they're showing up for games. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the West, I thought there were only two teams. And then LSU goes up to Wisconsin, a game that I thought that they would win. Uh, lose that and you look at how dominant Alabama is and you got to start the question begs is everyone riding Alabama's coattails? Is Alabama elevating the SEC and kind of carrying that banner Uh, because Tennessee is is exposed in week one against App State. You have a quarterback that can't throw. Um, Georgia is going to be running a freshman quarterback.
4: Florida
3: Mm -hmm. same old offensive line problems. There just seems to be more warts more blemishes on the SEC that maybe in past years uh, you could kind of wax over, overlook, this year for some reason, definitely in week one, uh, really seemed to be standing out.
0: Well, finally, and not to look past Kentucky, but let's look ahead to some of the other opponents that are on Florida's schedule coming up. We touched on LSU. What's the major problem there? I said this in our prediction show. I don't know how you go from uh, roughly a half – Um, an hour and a half away from being fired, talking about Les Miles, to potential winner of uh, one of the toughest divisions in college football. So um, I kind of look like a semi-genius after them losing to Wisconsin. But where do we stand out there in LSU? Uh, And and is there some real heat on Les Miles here? People are talking about – Uh, Sarkeesian being in Alabama just as a setup to head on over, you know, they're trying to cut him off from getting the the LSU job. They're already talking. They're already flying over the carcass of Les miles. Where are they at?
3: Mm -hmm. I don't understand what people thought LSU was going to do differently this year. You have Leonard Fournette and Geist. You have two Mm -hmm. of the best running backs in the country. And one of them is a backup. Mm -hmm. You have Mm -hmm. a quarterback who isn't proven. And in my opinion, isn't a very good quarterback, mm. did they expect LSU to line up five wide and, and go to a spread offense? This is what Les Miles does. This is historically what LSU does, even before Les mm. Miles. I, I don't know what sure. people – you know, they say LSU's offense is still antiquated, outdated. But what did
0: you think they were gonna yeah, this year? OC, going to do Yeah, same OC, same running back, same quarterback. Why not look I, the same? So, to me,
3: it, is it outdated or antiquated? maybe sure, but I don't know why you thought there were going to be wholesale changes when there weren't any changes.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, that, that was it. Sense. I wasn't really, but I didn't really see anything there. Uh um, they talk about their talent. LSU has been talented and at the top of the college football recruiting rankings for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, nothing new there. Uh, it's just going to be, you know, interesting to see how LSU makes their way through this thing before they meet up with Florida in October. Um, well, I'm sure your
3: South Florida listeners don't mind Cam Cameron, uh, his offense struggling.
0: Oh, good grief. Uh, I mean, he's, an, he's a great guy. How he keeps getting these jobs like this is beyond me, and he's paid quite well over there in Baton Rouge to put up a stinker like he did last week.
2: Amazing <laughs> to
0: me. Um, Florida State, they got a win, and my friend, it was against an SEC opponent, so you know, you know mm-hmm. Florida State fans are just having a really good – fun time with that it was really the tale of two halves Ole Miss completely dominating Florida State in that first half but their whole hurry up thing ran out of steam in the second half and Florida State stormed right back in there with 33 unanswered points how good is Florida State you think in your opinion um, and then what to make of Ole Miss
3: uh, well, well first uh, Ole Miss I think the relationship that Chad Kelly has with Ole Miss fans and vice versa you saw it all Chad Kelly made Mm -hmm. five, four, five, six throws in that game that are NFL throws, putting Mm -hmm. balls into tiny spots. uh, And then, like the last pass of the game, he makes four or five a game where you just look at him like, what are you doing? Why would you throw the ball there? Um, I I think he's talented. It almost reminds me kind of like a Tyler Bray, where you've got this million-dollar arm, and then you have these brain lapses, a handful of brain lapses during the game, where Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, what were you thinking? Um, Mm. He has the talent. I I love it. I mean, they have power forwards at wide receiver. Uh, Yeah. So I I still like Ole Miss. Um, We'll see what they do in two weeks uh, against Alabama, trying to win three in a row against Alabama. Uh, Right. I was really impressed with uh, DeAndre Francois, and and I was down on him as a recruit. I didn't think Mm -hmm. he was uh, accurate enough to be a passer. I even tweeted mm-hmm. that in the first half. Said you know I wasn't really a fan of him as a recruit. To me, mm-hmm. he kind of grew up because the offensive line was so bad in the first half. He was getting crushed. He was being pounded. Uh and, sure. and to me, the
0: blitzes were going. They your, were going
3: willy nilly with blitzes over there at Ole Miss. Yeah, starting your first game and, and you know repeatedly, you're getting helmet put into your chest. You have offensive linemen turning around and picking you up off the ground. Um, to me, to be able to stick through that, listen to Jameis' uh, dog's puppy speech at halftime and then come out <laughs> and, and, and deliver some of those passes that he, that he did with pressure and then start to use his legs and, and, and pick up yards on the ground and pick up first downs with his feet, to me, he grew up a lot there. I, I don't know if he is, you know, everyone in uh, FSU Twitter anoints him, you know, the next Jameis or a Heisman winner or whatever. I don't know if he's that but if he can give you that confident play that he gave you in the second half, don't turn the ball over, feed Dalvin cook, uh, feed Jaques Patrick. I, I think FSU is a team that might, I-, I don't think they're a college football playoff contender, but a team that could, that could win the ACC, maybe lose two games this year. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um. I-, I too was impressed by him, but uh, you know, um, knew that there was a lot of hype surrounding him and, uh, from people that I've spoken to, he was, um, the sauce, you know, didn't look like it so much in the first half of the reasons that you explained, but the second half, like you said, really did grow up. Uh, they've got a tough one this week against Charleston Southern with 30 suspended players. You gotta be kidding Ooh. me. I talked about this. What, like, what are you doing there? I mean, you buy books and pens and you get suspended, but you're at Ole Miss still trying to figure out whether or not there's an infraction. It's just the NCAA looks bad here.
3: When was the last time they looked good? You know, uh, you, right. I don't understand well, this. this. The, <laughs> Un- unbelievable. I, you, get money, you get money that you can only use at the school, and then you're going to say, oh, well, you can only use it on these certain things at that school store. That, yeah, oh, I can't uh, use uh, this for rent. I can't take my girlfriend to the movie with this money. I, I apparently I can't buy a pen for class either.
0: It's it's crazy. They should have bought Dalvin Cook jerseys with the money. I, I guess I guess that would have been all right. Yeah, help the bottom line of the NCAA. Well, listen, man, we'll leave it at that. I'll be up there this weekend checking the game out. Um, yeah, uh, you know, old teammate of mine is coaching the wide receivers over there. So I told him I'll be watching and ready to heckle if your boys aren't playing right. And I'm talking about Lamar Thomas, who's a Gainesville native. Coming back wearing the Kentucky blue, so uh, I'll be up there checking it out, and I can't uh, can't wait to talk to you next week about this game and what's coming up in the future of Florida Gators football.
3: Thanks, Chad. Hope you stay dry this week.
0: All right, all right. Thank you very much. Nick De La Torre from GatorCountry.com joins us here on the Gridiron Stud Show to talk about the Florida Gators last week and uh, this week and the weeks beyond. All right. Well, listen, it's a, another Football Friday edition in the books for us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. And as always, we covered a good amount of ground. We got a lot of things done here. And uh, we appreciate you all sticking in there to listen to it all. Really enjoy doing this. We uh, had the college football predictions. We had the NFL predictions. Checking them all, checking off all the things on our to-do list here. But we got it all done here on the show today. And again, we appreciate you listening to the Gridiron Stud Show, making it a uh, one of the featured shows here on the BlogTalkRadio.com. So if you're starving for uh, some good, uh, let's say, talk. Radio, well, you got it right here on the Gridiron Stud show each and every week. Emil and I will be back with you on Monday um, as we wrap up the weekend's action, as we kick off the NFL weekend. Uh, and football season's in full force right now, folks. NFL, college, and high school football all in, uh, all on the docket this weekend. So, again, appreciate you listening to the Gridiron Stud show, and uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Enjoy your weekend.